0: Good morning, everybody. You're tuning to the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Monday, June 19th, and I'm your host, Mariana Schweitzer, reporting for CJRU, 12, 8 a.m. in Toronto. And here are top stories from today. Canada has reached a 40 million population amid immigration push. In Ontario, province's government expands strong mayor powers to 26 more cities. In international news, at least 37 people killed in deadly attack in Uganda. Back in Ontario, Indigenous-led protests not backing down against Metrolinks for destroying trees due to construction. And then we'll hear from Samina with an exciting book recommendation with her segment Turn the page. So with all this news, let's get started. Canada's population has reached more than 40 million people, says Statistics Canada. This comes amid a wave of new immigrants as part of the federal government's promise to bring in 500,000 people a year by 2025. The 40 million mark came faster than expected, according to Statistics Canada. The country added 1.1 million people in 2022, most of them permanent and temporary immigrants. That's more than twice the federal government's plan to welcome more than 430,000 new permanent residents last year. 2022 was the first year Canada's population grew by more than a million people in a 12-month period, says Statistics Canada. It was in 1997 that Canada's population passed 30 million. Statistics Canada said that if current immigration levels remain, Canada's population could hit 15 million in two decades. Ontario is Canada's most populous province with almost 15.6 million people, with Quebec comes, coming at a distant second at 8.8 million. In Ontario... The Ford government is expanding strong mayor powers to nearly 30 more municipalities starting next month. Hamilton, Niagara Falls, Barrie, Vaughan, and Brampton are among the 26 municipalities that will be granted more power. Housing Minister Steve Clark said the expansion will take place on July 1st. He also pointed to the province's target of building 1.5 million homes by 2031. According to CTV News, the legislation will give mayors veto powers over bylaws that conflict with provincial priorities. Typically, the city council needs a majority vote. They can also prepare and table their city's budget instead of council and hire and fire department heads. Toronto and Ottawa were giving strong mayor powers as part of Bill 39, also known as Better Municipal Governments Act, late last year. At that time, Ontario Premier Doug Ford said he was planning to expand the power to more municipalities. According to CTV News, Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie and Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown, respectively, welcomed the announcement. Crombie said she would use the powers sparingly and with a degree of caution. Three of Ontario's big city mayors were not included in the expansion. Kahnawake, Kent, Sudbury and Thunder Bay. Newmarket was also excluded. Clark said strong mayor powers were offered to every community that enacted a housing pledge. Clark said they did not. He also said they will reach out later to them to start a conversation about it. And in international news, deadly attack in Uganda leaves at least 37 people dead and six abducted. According to the Washington Post, and local authorities suspected militants attacked a school in Western Uganda late last Friday. The raid took place in Mapondue, near the border with the Democratic Republic of Kondo, according to the Defense Ministry spokesman Felix Kulayji. The spokesman also said five rebels had fired to the school's campus and looted its food stocks. Kulaji, a brigadier general, said in a statement that when military forces arrived on the scene at Lubria Secondary School, the school was found burning with dead bodies of students laying in the compound. The local mayor, Silvestre Mapuz, told the Associated Press that 41 people, including 38 students, had been killed. According to Kulaji, the suspected attackers were rebels from the Allied Democratic Forces, ADF, an extremist group that has tied to the Islamic State and operates in Uganda and across the border in Congo. He said Ugandan forces were pursuing the enemy to rescue those abducted and destroy the group. Police spokesman Fred Enanga also said in a statement that law enforcement had joined the military in hot pursuit of the rebels toward Viunga National Park in Congo. According to the Washington Post, the ADF was founded by Ugandan exiles in Congo in 1995 with the aim of toppling Uganda's government. The United Nations said in 2020 that the group may have committed crimes against humanity and war crimes, including abductions, civilian killings, and the use of children as soldiers. Back in Canada, Indigenous-led coalition continues to protest the construction of the Eglinton Crossstone West LRT. According to City News, The plan to elevate a 1.5-kilometer portion of the transit line between Jane Street and Scarlet Road would see almost 1,500 trees cut down. The protest began in January and is still going strong. The protesters say they are not backing down. One by one, every tree in jeopardy is being honored and wrapped in ribbon while tipis have also been erected in strategic locations in an effort to block construction. Nayland, president of the Stop the Trains in our Parks Coalition group, told City News that they think it has delayed the construction. They also said, MetroLink's originally told us they wanted to remove all the trees, about 300 trees, by April 1st, which is the migratory board deadline. Obviously, the trees are still standing. The coalition has been calling on MetroLink to tunnel the tracks instead of building an overpass in order to save the urban green space. MetroLink says tunneling the tracks under the Humber River would take longer, cost more, and would lead to ongoing flooding issues. Despite endless attempts to engage in meaningful talks and compromise with decision-makers, the Provincial Transit Agency is not budging, according to City News. Well, that was it for me today. Now I'll leave it with Samina for her segment, Turn the Page.
1: Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turn the Page. My name is Samina. Each week, I'm going to make a book recommendation, and I hope it gets you turning the pages. Warning. The content in this segment may be distressing to listeners. Discretion is advised June is National Indigenous History Month in Canada a time to recognize the rich history heritage resilience and diversity of First Nations Inuit and Métis across Toronto and all of Turtle Island Take time to read the stories of people from the indigenous community Their history has been erased We still don't know the extent of the atrocities they faced Reading their stories lets us learn and helps keep their memories alive. Hate has no place anywhere. This is not a new story. I still can't believe how little we know about the impact of residential schools. From a young age, Clayton knew violence, racism, and abuse. His escape was toy planes. It was not a life many could overcome. The title of the book is Life in the City of Dirty Water, A Memoir of Healing. The author is Clayton Thomas Mueller. He is Cree, from Treaty 6 territory, an influential leader, a climate advocate, and a best-selling author. His story is about growing up as an Indigenous Canadian. It is an honest, gritty, and often difficult-to-read book. This book is his debut novel and a short documentary. It was a 2022 Canada Reads nominee. It was shortlisted for the 2022 J.W. Defoe Book Prize and the 2022 Manitoba Book Awards McNally Robinson Book of the Year. The book is divided into five parts with a collection of personal essays. With 223 pages, it is definitely worth a read this month. The first parts are the most heartbreaking as they detail Clayton's time in residential schools and growing up in Winnipeg. Throughout his life, Clayton immersed himself in Cree spirituality and in his heritage. During summer visits with his great-grandparents' home in Pukatawagan in northern Manitoba. The third section is about a man who is consumed with anger and violence and knows that he needs to take a step back. The fourth section is about wanting to become a father. The final section tells of a man who is content where he is in life but understands that the fight isn't over. This is a story of healing and responsibility. If you find there's a book you want to read immediately, check with your local library and don't forget to check Overdrive for a digital copy. You can also check your local independent bookstore. If you enjoyed this book and want to share your thoughts or make a recommendation, please find us on Instagram at CGRU News. Thank you for listening. Happy reading.
0: Thank you, Samina. And to wrap up our newscast, a quick look at the weather for the week. Today, Toronto will see sunny skies with a high of 25 degrees and a low of 15. Sunny skies will remain until Thursday and temperatures all week will range between 16 degrees and 28. With this, let's wrap up our news for this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I will be back next week with some more news and morning mixtape. But until then, tune in tomorrow for more. It's CJRU, 12, a.m. in Toronto. I'm Mariana Schwetze. Thanks for listening.